1: Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep. Marinero, the sick podcast,
2: coming off the Montreal Canadiens 3-2 win in overtime versus the Winnipeg Jets to complete the unexpected four-game sweep. Joining me from Global TV Montreal, Brian Wild. How you doing, bud? I'm having an excellent day, basking in the
3: glory of still working.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know what? It's it's a good thing, Brian. It really is. If I would have told you before the Canadians and the Jets that the Canadians were going to sweep Winnipeg, after coming off a Game 7 win versus Toronto on Monday, playing in Winnipeg their first game on Wednesday, knowing that there was going to be a back-to-back on Sunday-Monday, playing Game 2 on Friday so the Monday would be the third game in four nights, you would have said what exactly?
3: Oh, I'm going to surprise you here. I, I actually thought the Canadians were going to do very well in this series because uh-huh. I really felt that the Maple Apes were a much better team than the Jets. And if they were able to turn that series around against the Maple Leafs, I really thought success against the Jets was possible. And you mentioned game one. I even thought that could be a good night because it's rest versus rust. And rust is hard. Rust is hard. I think rust is harder than rest unless you were doing the Canadian schedule of four and six and five and eight.
2: It's the sick podcast. I'm Marinero. He's Brian Wilde, And the show is brought to you by... Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to myessentia.com slash sickpod and see why Essentia is the mattress of choice for many athletes, including over 25% of professional hockey players. Use code sickpod for a free pillow with your purchase. Essentia beyond organic sleep. Speaking of sleep, Brian, in game one, and I want to backtrack, Mark Shifley put Jake Evans to sleep when he hit him. Um, when he came up and it's a deliberate headshot and he knocked him out. Listen, I thought the Canadians had a very good chance against Winnipeg, but I don't know about you, but when Shifley was suspended by Department of Player Safety for four games, I said to myself, he's too big a player and too important a piece for Winnipeg. He won't play the Canadians again. I thought that was a huge turning point in the series, Brian
3: yeah, absolutely. maybe the biggest turning point in the entire series. They had already lost Stastny, and Pierre like Luc Dubois was playing terribly up the middle. They needed Shifley. he quarterbacks the power play. I mean it was a gigantic loss and and by his own volition, I mean just stupidity. Uh, he was very aggressive the entire night, and he had a, a he had a mental mindset that just wasn't right and it overboiled in the last seconds. And he cost the team, maybe not the entire series, but he sure cost them a lot of respect in the series because they lost respect with the hit. And then they lost respect by going down so easily in four straight games. And it got worse. I mean, by the end of that series, <laughs> what were the shots on goal? 38-11 at one point? So without Shifley, they were not the same team. But it wasn't just Shifley, you know? They lost to Mello too. That was big. I mean, yeah, it, it just didn't go their way. It didn't go their way.
2: You brought up Pierre-Luc Dubois, and I know that John Tortorella was on his case earlier in the season before he got traded away. A year ago, he had such a huge game in the playoffs, you could tell that this guy was really coming on as a hockey player. Yeah. What in the world happened to him? He looked like a liability on the ice for Winnipeg. Look terrible. I have, no, I have no idea, man.
3: I have no idea. I mean, hockey can surprise you. I mean, look at Kotkin-Yeni. Everybody was like, oh, trade Kotkin-Yeni. And- Throw in Caulfield in a first and get Dubois. I mean, they, I mean, people were going crazy to try to get Dubois. And now look back at that. You have him doing absolutely nothing the whole series. I don't know exactly the total, but I think he hasn't scored in like 22 games, 23 games. It's a huge number, not yeah. even one goal. And uh, he was completely ineffective and looked disinterested. And then you put that against Scott Yemi and you got the same kind of weird vibe. But you don't know why things change so much. You have him struggling so badly. Anybody would have taken Yemi for Dubois straight up. And then now one turns in a great playoff so far, 20 years of age still. And the other one looks like something's wrong and nobody knows what it is. Because John Tortorella, what was angering him so much over the years, you kind of saw why
1: a bit,
2: (laughs) right? They say that the best trades sometimes are the ones that you don't make, right? And you just yeah. talked about Pierre-Luc Dubois. As you know, there were a lot of people in this city that were putting a significant amount of pressure on Marc Bergevin to pull the trigger yeah. and make a deal for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And you talked about Kakanyemi, and some were saying Kakenyemi and this guy, Kakenyemi and that guy. Others even said Suzuki straight up. Others said Suzuki with, with uh, someone else, whatever. But people were willing to give up on Kakanyemi and or Suzuki without a problem for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mark Bergevin uh, makes that trade. The Canadians are not going to the semis. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, the thing about it is we
3: can't really even know exactly what Mark Bergevin, how interested he was. It's more interesting that what it took was a line A. And when I assessed the trade after, my first thought was that I tweeted is the Canadians don't have a line A. If it took a line A. Then the Canadians were never in the mix for that trade. Yeah. Because they don't have a lining. So I don't know what Bergevin could have possibly thrown out there that would have made Columbus get interested. And that's Brian, how it went. They were Brian, not.
2: he may have been able to acquire Dubois for less than a lining, knowing that Liney was making six point seven five million dollars on the final year of his contract, was gonna be a free agent and was looking for his next deal to be $8 million. That's fair. So you, That's you're fair. right, they didn't have a 40-goal yeah. scorer in liney but they yeah. probably could have got him without giving up liney But once yeah. again, That's we fair. know that Mark Bergevin likes Dubois. He really wanted him. When he traded P.K. Subban, he was trying to make a deal with the Edmonton Oilers and get the fourth pick in the draft, yeah. convinced that the fourth pick was going to be Dubois, he was going to be available. Yeah. But of course, that didn't materialize. All right, let me
3: turn the tables on you then, okay? Yeah. I'm asking you a question. Does he What deal does he want to make for Dubois now? Is he still that hungry? Has he watched this series and he's still that interested?
2: Um, if or it's, did
3: he see something that he went, oh, my God, thank goodness. If I it, it, like if it would have farm.
2: taken either a Suzuki or a Kakanyemi before and he said no – and yeah. it would still take a Suzuki or a Kakanyemi or even a Caulfield for that matter. Yeah. He'll still say no.
3: Absolutely. So what would he say yes to now? Dubois for? 4. I mean Artis if he's still hungry, because right. you're right. You're totally yeah. right. They were hungry for him. And if there wasn't the big surprise in the in the three pick, um they would have made that deal. You're absolutely right.
2: So let me and let me just I'll answer your question because I don't like leaving questions unanswered, right?
3: <laughs> I know you don't. That's why you're It's probably
2: not a popular thing that I'm gonna say, but I, I knowing you, you'll understand it. I yep. cannot say Thomas Tatari's UFA at the end of the year. You and I both know that no. he's gone and he'll walk for nothing. Okay. No, and he's worth nothing as a UFA. I'm not gonna say Phil Deneau because Pierre looked whether Dano stays or he goes and he's making a good case to stay. Can't sell it. You can't you can't sell it. You can't sell so, it. If I'm going to answer the question, I'll say Brendan Gallagher and a prospect not Caulfield, Kakanyemi, or Suzuki, if you still consider them prospects.
3: Yeah, but But, he's too young. He's too young. You got to go in the same age group. You got to pick someone in the same age group. You know that. So So who was 23, right? Yeah. All right. So who's in that mix? See, I don't well, see a trade. I don't see a trade. Would no, it be if they I don't
2: see one either. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. All right. Maybe okay,
3: they're in a big rebuild. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, well, obviously, they got to improve their D. We saw it. They got to improve their D. Yeah. Right? Winnipeg. I mean, we all saw it. It was terrible. Big
2: time. Big time. So,
3: you know who's got a lot of D prospects, right? The Canadians. Yeah. Yeah, and you know one guy I'm a little nervous about, right? Because he might not come. He's he's too close after his next year to just saying, you know what, i will go back in the draft, or I'm gonna go free. Yeah, you know Jordan Harris is looking like he might go yeah. free. So yeah,
2: Jordan Harris. Yeah,
3: it's a little nerve wracking. So if if he's if you get a bad vibe from him, you gotta yeah. you gotta deal him before he
2: declares. All right, before we he, get he, to Jordan he's Harris, into Adam Fox and in uh, and a possible deal there. Let's let's talk about what happened in the series. It's the Sick Podcast and a Shut Up Tech Photo centrally located close to downtown shopping and universities ships to all of Canada professional staff at the store and online to help you choose the gear you really need. excellentphoto.ca. All right. We talked about Philip Deneau. I am so proud of this player. His play was up and down during the season. I thought he had a terrible first two months to his season. Uh, The final month of the regular season, I thought he played well. Uh, The way he's played in the playoffs um, and the pride that he takes in doing what he does, I'm not going to tell you he's Guy Carbono because Guy Carbono had a Hall of Fame career, but I'll tell you that his play reminds me of the job that Carbono did, especially when they last won the Cup in 93.
3: You know what I like in the last uh, playoff two rounds that tells us so much about what the Canadians line is all about. And the last time I was on your podcast, we talked a lot, in fact, about Tatar and would you sign him to know would you sign him. And we were not certain at the time when we were talking about it, who was the driver of that line? Yeah. We know that now.
2: It's, Tatar no a, and it's not even close.
3: Exactly. We know yeah. the driver now and we didn't know it, but now you put in uh, Tatar and that was the weakest of choices so far. You put in Evans, and he was better. You put in Leckon, and he was better. So no, wh- whoever it is, Tatar, Lekanen, Evans, it's still shutting down Matthews. Yeah. So and who's so the driver?
1: Many,
2: it's definitely yeah. to know. And, and Brian, so many great stories. And Gallagher, stories.
3: too. And Gallagher, yeah. too, was there. So we can't like exclude Gallagher. But the center is a driver of a line. People know this. This is not rocket science. And he's the guy driving the shut down. Yeah. And Tatar has, you know, I would say, unless there's something really drastic happening, is, you know, played his way right out of an offer. Yeah. And Deneau has played his way back into a nice offer. Now, Yeah. I think, I think you broke the whole uh, five million was overblown story. And it was more an opening salvo than a walk away from the table.
2: That was and actually I think if I can, if I can, that was actually uh Normal Flynn that brought it up brought it up. Good. All right. Um so that's important
3: know. because people all think, Tony, that it was a walk away at five. It wasn't. It was an opening offer at five, and it stopped after that. And that's significantly different. So yeah. I see him coming back for four or something in a very tight gap world.
2: Well, you know what? At four something, I mean you bring bring back Philip Deneau any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah. I think it's safe to say. Can you, if you, it's unbelievable when you think about it, right? That several months ago, when was it? Probably about three months ago, when Stefan Waite was relieved of his duties, Mm -hmm. that Mark Bergevin had to go in front of the media in a Zoom call and answer questions about Carey Price. And I was one of those guys who asked those questions saying, can you begin to explain to me a guy who has this much talent, this much ability, how he has one great year, one bad year, one great year, one bad year, one great... Like, how does this happen? And um, now we're seeing Price play like this, and I almost feel like we all got played during the season, but I don't know what happened, but clearly... And one of the things I think happened is the defense is just much more built for the playoffs than they are for the regular season.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Blake Wheeler, again, I'll quote him. He said it last night. He says, that's a heavy defense. And uh, they did not enjoy it uh, playing that heavy defense. Everybody getting whacked into a wall all the time, game in and game out. And that's what they mean by it. You're the two and the through, right? That Mark Behrman is famous. And the two was the first four games against Toronto, and the through was the next three. Where the same guys were like, oh, my God, every time I go get the puck, I get hammered by these big bodies. And it wears you down after a while. And that's what yeah. happened. You, know, so look, you saw the tight yeah.
2: turn. All the Canadians fans want the Canadians to win the Cup. And we don't know if they will or if they won't. At this point, I think we could say anything's possible, right? The way they played, they played great. I will say this. Out of all the teams that are still playing, yeah, they have the best goalie in the best top four D.
3: Well, I like Colorado's top forty a lot. I mean, that's pretty spectacular. That top forty. I'm gonna and I and, I, and I
2: like Tampa too, but I, yeah. you, you can make a case for Tampa with Vasilevskiy. Yeah, with
3: you can make a and case. And, and
2: but yeah. You know
3: what? I'm gonna argue instead that uh, the composition is different. I mean, you look at Colorado, and I think that's the best top forty. But you look at the composition. Com, uh, composition that's a big PMD there. That's all puck movers, right? Car puck mover. Go ahead. You get your finger
2: up. No, I, I just want to tell you, I agree with you. Yeah. But I think Colorado, out of all the teams that are left, yeah. have the best top 4D for the regular season.
3: Yeah. And That's I think I the just Canadians, out of all
2: the teams left, have the best top 4D for the playoffs.
3: Well, you know what? If they play each other, it's going to be interesting to watch that. Because I've yeah. been, I've been a proponent of puck movers, like, for ages. I think they're absolutely vital to success. And I think even having Gustafson in the lineup has been important as a puck mover. He's been a quarterback on the power play. He's been pretty much error free. And I think you have to have that component in your game. But you're absolutely right. When you look at their top four, they're all PMD. When you look at the Canadians, they're all through the playoffs, stay at home guys, except for Petrie. Is somewhat yeah. of PMD, so yeah, it's going to be fun if it if those two teams. And add this: uh, Nathan McKinnon actually said he doesn't like playing Phil Dunham because I don't oh, know yeah, why. Yeah. I can't play I can't play that guy very well, and that's yeah. going to be fun too. Uh, and I think of the goalie Grubauer is the least tested. So if you're going to break down a goalie, sometimes that happens in the third round. Remember Nashville's long run, and then Pecorini just lost it. Yeah, nine six two that turned into an eight fifty in the last. Yeah.
0: six. Yeah.
3: So you know, and Carey can go. He's been there before. High pressure games, more pressure. He gets better. Uh, he had a nice rest before the playoffs started. So those are some of the ways that I think it it could be very interesting, um, and and actually in ways I don't want to say favors the Canadians, but they're closer than people are getting them uh, giving them credit for.
2: It's a sick podcast. Go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more use code SICK15 for 15% off on all their items. All right. So the Montreal Canadiens played their fourth and final game versus Winnipeg on Monday night. Should Colorado and Vegas go to game seven? Saturday. That game will take place on Saturday, which yeah. means the Canadians and the winner of that series could start as early as Monday. The Canadians would start on the road. But should it be Monday, Brian, that is one week between games. We know that when Kerry Price rests up, he yeah, comes back even stronger. You know, you talked about rust versus rest before, mm-hmm. and it hurt Winnipeg and Montreal didn't have a problem with it. But I bet you, Brian, that if you pull anybody in hockey from players to coaches to GMs, they'll take the rest every time. The deeper you go.
3: The deeper you go, the more it turns into rest. The only time it may bother you and, and be a non-factor or even detrimental is early, between one and two. Between two and three, it's all about rest. And between three and four, it's really about rest. If you're if you're the team that has seven days before the Stanley Cup final, yeah. and the other team just played the night before, and they've already gone through about 21 of these games, 19 games, fighting that hard for every inch in the in this violent a difficult physical style of hockey that's played in the playoffs. I'll take the rest now. I'll take the rest, especially how much the four, the top four D are used, you know, all of them,
2: Sharot Weber, 25 minutes. That's big. Yeah. Those are big minutes. Which Canadians player in round two Mm -hmm. impressed you the most, not named Carey price.
3: Uh, Probably Nick Suzuki. I mean, he's turning into a one C right in front of our eyes. He's 21 years of age and he's becoming a first line center. He's got a 200 foot game right now. He's got great line mates that he has great communication with and chemistry. Um, He finished the season, even though the team was really struggling as a point per game guy and he's right up there in the playoffs and he's not a defensive liability. I mean, I just, you know, You and I talked back in the day when I was still at CTV. And one of the things we were always talking about was win the middle, win the game. And we were always talking about how many decades was it going to be before the Canadians were ever going to be set up at center. And I see it now. I see Suzuki's your one point per game. Caulfield's his companion, great chemistry. They're 21 and 20. And the second line is Yemi, who we see a a profile change. Yeah, of course. The six six skills have not really uh, shone yet and come through that one can ever guess that he's higher than a 60-point guy. But yeah. if he's physical, if he's riding players off, if he's got a 200-foot game, if he gets in front of the net and plays dirty, I mean, he's suddenly turned into a physical centerman, a la Bobby Smith, instead of anybody with, you know, sharp stick skills, which I think he can still develop. But even if even if Tony Suzuki's an 82-point guy and Kotkin Yemi is a 60-point guy, you're set for the next decade.
2: Yeah. So, look, it's uh, hard to disagree with you when everyone's playing so well, though. There's so many guys. Who's your guy? Well, right? So I love Suzuki for sure. I love Deneau. uh, I love Sherratt. But I um, I think I'm going to go with Shea Weber. I just thought Weber was. Yeah, um, that's a
3: good, that's good. An like incredible
2: it. force. I mean, uh, listen, everyone knows that he's lost a step. Everyone knows that there's a little bit less mustard coming off of his shot. But his ability to take players out of the play, clear the front of the net, play mistake-free hockey, uh, pile up the minutes, not show his fatigue, have some extended shifts, be a force on the penalty kill. And Weber has something right now, and this is very important, that Zdeno Chara had in the 2011 playoffs, and it's called intimidation. Mm-hmm. He, I find he's intimidating. Guys are thinking twice before going down his wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives you that cross check. He gives you that late hit behind the play. And I think he's got some players on the opposition a little bit nervous. So I'm going to go with Weber. I think Suzuki's a fantastic choice. I think there's four or five other guys that we could name. That would be a fantastic choice as well.
3: And I'm just going to add very quickly on your Weber thought. Um, There wasn't enough heed paid to the schedule that the Canadians had to play. There simply was not. Every time you mentioned it, somebody would come back with you with an excuse or everybody goes through that. Everybody didn't go through that. Only Vancouver and Montreal went through that. And in the other division, it's Boston, New Jersey, and Buffalo. There were five teams that went through that. Ten-day breaks, two-week breaks. Everyone else did not go through that. So it was all BS when people said that. No one else was doing four and six and five and eight. And that is what hurt Shea Weber a lot. And and Eric Stahl was minus, what, 12 and 20 games? Yeah. And now give a guy some rest, and now they get more rest?
2: Brian, it's funny you're talking about the schedule, and I'll tell you why. Sometimes I think what we think when a season starts or before a season starts, we can't lose sight of that, and we should go back to it. I'm going to give you an example. Before the season started... I looked at the Canadians and I said, hold on a second. A year ago, they beat Pittsburgh in the play-in. They lost in game six to Philadelphia. They've added Tyler Toffoli, Mm -hmm. Josh Anderson, Joel Edmondson, Corey Perry, Jake Allen, Alexander Romanov up until that point. By the end of the year, they also added Eric Stahl and Cole Caulfield. And so I said, this team, if they almost got it done versus Philadelphia a year ago, should be able to go very far. I actually thought they were a great value at 22 to one. And I put money on them to win the cup before the season started. Then the way the season finishes and they had to scratch and claw their way into the playoffs. At one point I was thinking, what's going on? This looks like a dysfunctional group. And I should have paid more attention to the schedule and said to myself, come playoff time. They're going to be fine because they're the team that I thought they were before the season started.
3: Yeah, Instead, quickly, a
2: lot of us were worried they were the team that yeah. didn't look very good down the stretch.
3: Yeah, and quickly to add, I mean, I felt like I knew what they had three minutes into the game. Last last dozen of the season, I would look at the first three minutes, and i go, oh, man, they got no legs tonight. 5-1 loss. Here we go. And I was right yeah. every time. Oh, yeah. they look like they have some legs. It's going to be competitive. Caulfield wins in overtime. You, you could just see how many nights they had absolutely no energy. And then you'd look and you go, okay, they played Monday, they played uh, Tuesday, they played Thursday, and it's Friday. Yeah. It like, oh, gee, I wonder why they have no energy.
2: So in ending in 10 seconds, I think you answered that question before. Who presents a better matchup for the Canadians, Colorado or Vegas? Well, you know what? You made me think Colorado because I'm really going
3: to be interested in the contrast, the contrast of defensive styles and the contrast of an inexperienced relatively goalie against Gary Price who's rested. I think those contrasts could be really fun. And then add McKinnon not liking to know, I think I like that.
2: I, I hope you're going to join me on the SIG podcast during the Montreal Canadiens, uh, hopefully versus the Colorado Avalanche, semifinals. Talk to, you, talk to you later, Brian. Thank you. Cheers, bud. He's Brian Wilde from CTV Montreal. And now it's time for you to make some
1: money. Money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. Oh. It's time for Sick Bits. <laughs> Brought to you by my bookie.
2: Place your bets on mybookie. Go to mybookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code sickpicks for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet win, get paid. He is, I run my bets. He's my buddy Cash. And the last time I spoke to him, he said, You want to make big bucks? You bet the under on James Harden, 27 and a half points. He left 30 seconds into the game with an injury. He made you some money. Cash, make me some more.
0: What's happening, guys? Coming off a huge night last night, guys. Montreal to win the series. Four zip, we took them, guys. This Winnipeg team was deflated. NHL has been red hot. We had the Islanders last night as well. Massive underdog cash. Uh, I'm looking at an NBA play for you guys. It's going to be Game Two: Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets. Uh, I'm looking at Nikola Jokic player prop, guys. Over 29 and a half points. He did he did less than 30 points only one time this playoff so far. It was 21 points against Portland. They lost that game. What did he do the next game? He came out and brought out 38 points, guys. This is probably the MVP of the playoffs so far to me, maybe Kevin Durant is. I like my money over 29 and a half. I'm going to drop another little promo for you guys. For game uh, game two, the Suns are laying six points. Shoot me a message on Instagram at runmybets. Anybody who does, I'm going to give you my pick for that game. I have a huge pick. Again, the Lions' sons are laying six points. I'm all over this game, guys. I'm dropping a lot of cash on it. Shoot me a message. I'm going to give you the winner of that game. Also, make sure you book Nikola Jokic over 29 and a half points. The next time I'm on here, I'm going to be bragging about it, guys, because it's going to cash.
2: You can follow us on YouTube and all podcast platforms, The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro. That's my buddy Cash. And once again, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until we talk to you again next time, it's The Sick Podcast. <laughs>
1: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress beyond organic sleep.